<laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cast from the Crypt, the podcast about Tales from the Crypt and other creepy things that make us laugh. This is episode three. Oh my god, episode three. This is shaping up to look like a real podcast. I am your host, CJ Roby, and a little about myself. Uh, hmm. Well, I first saw this show when I was a scared little baby child. Uh, after that, I had nightmares about the Crypt Keeper for about hmm, five, six years. Uh, and so I never actually watched the show until... Uh, I became like an actual like fan of horror and stuff and came back to it as a big strong man who's not afraid of any show that's trying to scare him with puppets so you know uh, so that's that's kind of how that story goes so I'm watching all of these for the very first time and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about them and other like fun horror stuff so episode three. Of Tales from the Crypt. Dig that cat. He's real gone. This episode premiered on June 10th, 1989. Which actually I just I just figured out today. Like while I was uh while I was doing the, the research and I was looking over my notes, I was just like, wait a minute, did all three of these come out on the same day? And they totally did. I guess it was a back to back to back uh release showing on it was it was hbo they could do shit like that they could take up a hour and a half time slot for a for a show they didn't care uh so episode three dig that cat he's real gone it was an episode lifted from vault of terror number 21 and uh it it had the it had the same name of the story real easy to find in that one but the story is about a man who achieves, well, he doesn't achieve anything. He's given nine lives. So uh, a scientist a scientist finds a bum, and he's just like, hey, bro, you want to help me out with an experiment? I'll pay you. And the bum's just like, all right, yeah, whatever. Get out of my face. And he, he takes him back to the lab, and he gives him a... <laughs> He says he's found a gland in cats that gives them nine lives. So he surgically gives this dude the gland. And hey, he gets nine lives. Oh, shit. So there's there's just a bunch of bullshit that goes on with that. Look, I don't take candy from strangers, all right? Don't look timeshare salesmen in the eyes. And don't agree to crazy experiments from doctors you meet in alleyways i mean this is this is common sense you guys this is whatever whatever it it all i'm sure it'll all work out for him in the end i've never seen this show so before we get into the actual episode i want to i want to do something a little different i want to introduce a little segment to the podcast uh rather than just going through the actual like the whole cast list like i've been doing I want to change it up a little bit. So here is CJ's top 10 credits of the episode. This list is in no real particular order. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and say that number one is the uh, it's it's just so much more important than all the other credits that are on the list. Now, number one probably just like made me laugh the most or something. You know, it's it's very arbitrary. 
So, top 10 credits. Let's go through them. Number 10, Nicholas Pike, the composer for this episode, also did the music for a little movie that... God. So, he did the music for Star Kid. And Star Kid is this super weird movie about a kid who gets, like, a weird, like, suit from a meteor or something, and he puts it on, and it, like, bonds to him, and it gives him all these weird powers, and he can, like, shit in it and, like, fuel it. It's, there's a lot of fucking craziness in that movie, and I watched it a lot of times because I was in an after-school program for kids whose parents worked too late to actually pick them up directly after school. So, number nine, number nine is Terry Black, the writer of the episode, who wrote Red Steel, the Wii game series. Fucking Red Steel. I never actually played Red Steel, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the first games on the Wii that was like, oh, like, hold your Wii like a sword, swing it around, and you can, like, battle your enemies. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think it was one of those games. I think it was like an early one of those games. And uh, they got a second one. So, you know, good on good on Red Steel. Yeah, good good job, guys. I don't know if it's going to be coming to the Switch, but good job, guys. You got a you got a sequel. Number 8, Robert Wool, the uh, the ringmaster of the episode was in Good Burger. And I mean, come on, you gotta love Good Burger. Welcome to the Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? He was in it, uh, like little little bit part. I think he was just like somewhere in the background. It just said angry customer. So if you guys remember that guy, hey, you're gonna you're gonna be like, oh shit, I remember that guy yelling at Keenan and Kel in this episode. Number seven is Joe Pantoli. Joe Pantoliano, uh, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna edit it, it's fine, he was in GTA 3, yep, Grand Theft Auto 3, he was a voice, uh, I don't know, I don't know exactly who he played or anything, I just saw Grand Theft Auto 3 on his IMDb page, I was like, oh shit, uh, he was also in, uh, Goodfellas, also didn't, uh, didn't remember who he played in that. Number six is Richard Bowman, cinematographer Richard Bowman, who also did the cinematography for Major Pain. Major Pain, great movie. Always, always a hilarious movie to watch. What that was? That was uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne's, right? I'm pretty sure it was fucking one of them. There are too many, too many Wayne's brothers to count. I, I have no idea. Number five. Number five is. Richard Donner, director Richard Donner. You might know his name from a lot of stuff, but I put him on the list for the entire Lethal Weapon series, all of Lethal Weapon, because uh, there's there's some there's some Lethal Weapon people in here. There's a couple of them that uh, that he brought back for this episode. Number four, number four, Stephen Hunter Flick, the sound editor. For the episode, supervising sound editor. He actually edited the sound on Raiders of the Lost Ark. And I mean, come on, who doesn't love Raiders? So good. He he made sure that Indy's whip was cracking like it needed to be. Number three. 
Number three, speaking of sound, is Edward M. Steedle, the Foley artist for the episode, who was also, and this is why he's up here on number three, he was also the Foley artist for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, this is this is the guy. This is the guy who was playing with chainsaws and heavy boot prints and like throwing pig carcasses around to make all the blood splatter sound real and all that shit. He's he's done a lot of horror stuff too. Like his his IMDB page is stacked. But I mean, come on, Foley artists are are awesome. Number two, all right, so number two and number one are just because, like I said, this is an arbitrary list, and this is this is just my, this is just how I'm feeling at the time, but number two, Michael Bauer is one of the actors in here, I forget who he is, but he does voices all over SWOTOR, Star Wars The Old Republic. Do not get that confused with Knights of the Old Republic like I did when I put him on number two of this list but it's too late to change it now so number one number one is number one is my favorite little cameo in this episode number one is larry hankin the uh the doctor the the autopsy doctor later on in the episode and he is he's the old dude from breaking bad not mike he's the old like transport guy who who just gets everybody the fuck out of dodge he's he's the like i'll i'll call him i'll call him a secondary antagonist of of el camino look if you if you haven't seen el camino yet i'm sorry it's too late but he's he's in it so that was top 10 credits uh, I I love that list, and I actually really enjoy going through like the IMDb pages on each of these episodes, like seeing seeing who who like got their start on uh, Tales from the Crypt, or like who was a big name when they pulled him in. A lot of people on like they're just like, oh man, I I was on Gunsmoke for like three episodes, and they're just like, get in here. So, uh, you know, there's there's a, like I said it. It attracted a lot of talent, and especially in this episode, so let's get into it. Episode 3 of Tales from the Crypt. Dig that cat. He's real gone. Episode starts off, as it usually does, with the Crypt Keeper. Yes, he's always here. Well, alright, the episode actually starts off with like a shot of like a skull, and then you just see Crypt Keeper in the background like... I don't I don't even know what he's doing his hair or something trying to like look at it you see him from the back so I guess he's just looking good for his fans or whatever but you're you're an undead monster you're never gonna look good he goes on he makes some puns tells some fucking jokes and then he pulls a book out and he tells us that he is going to tell the tale of Ulfric the undying damn it I'm going to keep doing I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep calling him Ulfric instead of Ulric because, you know, because Skyrim is for the Nords. That's why. So, he tells us the story of Ulric the Undying and he says that he is a guy who got to experience death multiple times and he says something about like he's like, "Oh, most people only get to die once before and they don't even get to enjoy it before they get to the good part." 
which is leaving me to wonder, like, is he... So, so he is undead. He is some sort of, like, weird monster. I don't know how... Is he... He's over here talking about, like, the, the pleasurable part of death and shit. Is this full of Cenobite? Is that what this really was this whole time? Was, was Tales from the Cenobites? Anyway, he, he opens the book, and it goes into the story. And the story is of Ulrich the Undying, who is announced by a carnival barker, who is looking directly into the camera, telling us to come on down, one and all, to see the show of a lifetime. Ulf, uh, Ulrich the Undying is going to perform his greatest feat yet. He's going to be buried alive for 12 hours and just sit there. And then he's going to come back. And they're all going to, I guess, I don't know, wait around for 12 hours while he... Uh, they're, they're just going to watch him, or are they going to come back in 12 hours and see, like, I, any anything could happen, but whatever, whatever. It's, it's, their, it's their show, it's their trick. So the Barker, the ringmaster, who looks a lot like 80s Surge Tankian, he, he calls everybody in, he pulls back the curtains of the tent, brings us all in, and you just see him introduce... Ulrich the Undying, and this guy, <laughs> with a name like Ulrich, you wouldn't expect him to sound like he walked directly off of the set of Goodfellas to come record this episode, but that's, <laughs> he's, he's very, he's, he, he's definitely from New York, let's, let's say that. So Ulrich takes a bow, he walks over to the coffin, and he gets in, blowing kisses at everybody, and then they seal him up, and inside he lights a match and he looks at the camera and he's just like, Heh, yeah, I remember. They're, they're, gonna, they're gonna open up the box and they're gonna see me dead. But I won't stay that way. I remember when I got all these lives. And then he, he brings us back in time to where he was just a bum on the streets, just in a, in a alleyway. And some weird doctor just shows up. <laughs> he, he just he just turns the corner. He's just like, huh, you, hey, what, what, do you want to be experimented on? <laughs> and uh, Ulrich just like wakes up immediately, just like pulls a knife out. He's like, oh, oh, what are you doing here? And uh, he's like, no, I'll pay you to be part of this experiment. And if if it works, you're you're gonna be a super rich guy. So, Oryx is just like, okay, yeah, cool, bring me in, Doc. Um, he, uh, <laughs> I'm just remembering in the scene where he's all homeless, like, he just, there's, there's this one shot that I really wish that I could just, like, pull a still of, because he looks exactly like Drake. He just makes this face that <laughs> looks like Drake, <laughs> and it's so funny. But, uh, alright, so he goes back to the lab, Doctor has... Doctor has cracked the theory about of why cats have nine lives. And he he's found a gland in their head that makes it so that they can die eight times. And he's he's explaining this to to Ulrich. He's like, and on the ninth time, 
they it, it ceases to function and his voice like they just add some echo under his voice when he says ninth time because i guess like his theorem is just so powerful that it has altered just like his it, it's just universe shaking knowledge that he's come across so he uh he he's gonna he's gonna replace this cat gland into into Ulrich and basically like I don't know turn him into Wolverine or something I don't the the way that he explains it is just so it's so like vague it's just so weird he's just like oh like the cat like I I saw him die and then he came back and I did a brain scan on him and he's there's the gland shot back up right before he died and then he got back up and so he's he's been just running a bunch of tests in the kitty lab, I guess. But I guess he, he's discovered that cats are Wolverine. So they go through with the process. They go through with the surgery. Ulrich wakes up and uh, and he's just like, oh, shit. Like, that, I feel fucking terrible. Did it work? And the doctor's like, oh, only one way to find out. So he he shoots Ulrich like... I guess European style is how I would describe it. He like he like points the gun at him and he throws his arm back like he's like he's dueling someone with a rapier. It's it's so it's just so European. Um it's the funny you you have to like go back and watch this episode and see the way he draws this gun on this dude. You might miss it because of all the weird crazy edits. There's there's so many like crazy edits and transitions in this fucking episode. It's it's bonkers. It's nonsense. But uh he gets shot in, straight in his face. Ulrich does and then he pops back up. It worked. Hey, he's got nine lives. Well, he's got eight lives because they just they just took one out. He just he just got taken out by one. But the doctor is like, oh shit, hell yeah, it works. We can be rich. Like we're gonna be so rich. And the the guy's like, oh yeah, no, cause cause he's like, all right, well here's your money, but if you want to be even more rich, stick with me. So Oryx just like, yeah, I want to be even more rich. What are you talking about? Yeah, let's go. So they immediately just like go to a carnival, and they're just like, ah, oh, well he's a circus freak now. That's this this is a this is an attraction. All the things that I could do with a with a half immortal dude, and I'm just gonna go sell him to the circus. So they they go over to the circus. Uh, the doctor talks to the ringmaster. He's like, "Hey, bro, I got a guy who can just like die and come back, like seriously, real ass dead. You can kill the fuck out of him, and he'll just come back." And the ringmaster's just like, "All right, cool. I don't give a shit about." some guy just like dying every night at my carnival as long as it pays so uh that was so yeah his his first death Ulrich's first death yeah okay yeah i called him Ulrich. i was like Ulrich. no did i did i say that Ulrich's first death is getting shot directly in his face by the doctor second death is at his first show so they put him on and he is going to be put into a dunk tank for what they say three hours they are going to have him in the dunk tank for three hours and everyone's just gonna pay top dollar to watch this dude drown and then he's gonna come right back out of it 
That's what that's what everyone's promised anyway. Uh, the show starts and the water begins to pour. And uh, while it does, one of the one of the other one of the chicks that is and on the circus runs up and she like writes in lipstick. No dinner. You want to have dinner with me? Because he can't hear shit. He's in a tank. Uh, but he he gets back out. He dies. And he's just dead for a little bit, and everyone's just like, oh, what the fuck was this? Like, you, you said he'd come back. I just watched a guy die. This isn't this isn't entertainment for me. Ah, I'm not, like, outraged or anything. I'm not going to tell anybody that your business should be shut down, but I'm just going to... I'm just gonna take my money elsewhere. Which you know what? Listen, in these days of cancel culture, I'm so glad that his first reaction wasn't to call out this ringmaster and this circus for just letting someone die for entertainment. Um, but he comes back and he's just like, "Yeah, I'm back, baby!" Ha <laughs> ha! And everyone's just like, "Oh shit, he's actually back!" Like, "Whoa, give me! I'll t- I'll give you all of my money!" Holy shit, that was amazing! So they're in business now. Death number two. So death number two. He his next show is like a weird. It's like a you know the old quick draw competition things. It's kind of like that, but it's just him dressed up as a cowboy with a noose around his neck, and it's a public cowboy execution i guess uh which was entertainment to cowboys so probably so there's a funny little uh there's a funny little back and forth between him and the and the chick whose name is corley uh there's a little back and forth between them because she doesn't want to pull the lever and he's just like fine i'll just pull the lever and he pulls it and just swings down there and hangs and then he comes back and everyone cheers for him and uh, Corley's hugging him because they're they're like together now. Corley's hugging him. He's just like, ah, you're you're gonna kill me. I don't want to waste a life. Uh, and then after that, he he gets out of the show and he's talking all stupid because of the because of the rope. And he's like, ah, what's next, Doc? Where are we gonna go? We we getting some money? And the doctor's like, yeah, man, you you got your money. Uh, you know, I take I take a big split for my research stuff, and you get whatever money you need. And he's like, all right, yeah, cool, I love it. Uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go fuck this chick. Uh, and and they they go and fuck, and you hear her being like, ooh, like I want to see Mister Friendly, which Mister Friendly, like what the what the fuck, uh, you know? Uh, just I've never understood naming your dick i mean you know the the crypt keeper seems the kind of guy who would name his dick i i mean he would probably name his like weird mummy dick something fucking gross or i don't it'd be like a pun like dictor mortis or some shit i don't fucking know saying like trick or dick or treat before he fucks some ghoul you know who who knows who knows what that disgusting monster is into so, next death, death number four. Uh, after this, you know, he's, he's died four times. He's used up, like, almost half of his shit. And he's thinking, he's doing all the work. He's doing all the dying. Doc, the, the doctor doesn't need to be part of it. Dr. Manfred doesn't need to be here. So, they go on a little drive, and he's just like, I've changed the nature of our deal. And he just drives them both off the road, because, of course, he's going to survive. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, that's death number four. Death number five, he has another show, and he's hooked up to, like, some big, like, electrical grid or something. 
and uh, uh, the ringmaster is like, any last words? And he's like, yeah, I, I dedicate this death to Dr. Manfred because he was such a good guy and I totally didn't kill him. Like, meh. Yeah, whatever. But so they, they pick out a person from the crowd to, to pull the lever and take him out. And uh, they're they're like struggling over reading the ticket, but the they choose it, and some old lady has the ticket. And she's she's just love it. She's so happy, and she looks just like the crypt keeper's grandma. So she comes on down, and she's just hobbling around. She's like, "Yeah, ah, let me fry him, yeah." <laughs> and so they're like, "All right, pull the switch." Pull the switch, kill the absolute fuck out of Auric, and uh, it's like a it's like a real like elongated one. They they like really show this one, but uh, he doesn't come back immediately. He just uh, he just like sits there, and everybody's just like, oh, hmm, weird. And then so they they send him off to the morgue, and he's about to get dissected by the old man from Breaking Bad. He's he's about to this this old guy's about to put him on a trip to Belize. That's what he's doing. Everybody shows up to the autopsy. They just bust in the door. Like, Coralie, a bunch of paparazzi and shit, they're all just like, oh, oh shit, he, he's here. And the autopsy doctor is just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, let me do my work. And then Ulrich just pops back up and gives the doctor a heart attack, so he's probably next on the slab. Uh, so it cuts back it cuts back to the um, the coffin, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like that one was that one was real close. Like I couldn't I couldn't take that chances anymore. So that chances I couldn't take those chances anymore. So I had to come up with some special arrangements. So uh, his special arrangements are gonna be revealed next because death six is him they they just this one's real simple he's just behind like a big like bear cutout you know you know the shooting galleries at the at the circus he's behind one of those and just taunting people just like ah your mom's ugly ah come on four eyes you, you think you can hit me and he's just everybody's just beefing it uh until <laughs> until the archery champ no the state fair archery champ of 1987 shows up and he's just like, oh yeah, what's up? <laughs> I got this fool. Fucking blast him straight in his heart. No, they not not with a gun. They have cross. They have a big ass crossbow. So just loose as a bolt straight through this fool, and he dies. He dies all happy. He's just like, ah, so much money I got from dying. Ugh. And then afterwards, his body's just there, and Coralie is talking to the cops. She's just like, oh, well, hey, we'll take care of the body. And the cop's like, no, that's not how this works. And she pulls out a note and a bunch of cash. She's like, oh, I've got special arrangements with the dead, and you can have this if you let me pull, pull off those arrangements. So the cop just helps her move the body, and they're, they're done with it. Death number seven. Death number seven, he's hanging out with Coralie, and he's in his he's in his trailer, and the ringmaster like comes up, knocks on the door, he's like, Hey, what's up? I got all of your checks. <laughs> we got a check-in from uh, HBO, which uh, it's a, a fun little thing. They get to have a cameo in their own show. Good job for them. And after he drops those checks off, 
Ulrich's talking to Coralie and he's just like, oh, you know what? We should go on a vacation. Like, that sounds nice. Maybe go to, like, Vegas and go to Paris. Like, Roman Polanski wants to make a movie about me, which I guess that's... I guess that's what Roman Polanski's fucking up to in France. Famous child fucker Roman Polanski over here making movies about carnival freaks who are immortal. Uh, But uh, Corley's got a little bit of a different idea, and she stabs him straight in his back after pulling... She pulls a comb out of her out of her purse instead of the knife at first. She's, like, fumbling around trying to get the knife, and then she just stabs him straight in his back. Uh, and he has the stupidest look on his face when he dies. But she robs him blind, gets out of there, and for some reason she's just like, oh, yeah, Vanna White, here I come, which I don't know if I don't know if Vanna White needs, like, an assistant on Wheel of Fortune or <laughs> some shit. I don't really know what her plan was to go hang out with Vanna White, but okay, all right, cool, that's fine. So this is his last life. She she stole his money and his last disposable life. So he he needs one more. He needs one more big, big break, one more big life take. Uh, he goes to the ringmaster. He's like, look, uh, next, next show, we're doing this. 100% of the profit is going to me. I'm, I'm getting all of it. And the ringmaster's like, no, that's not how this works. And he's like, oh, well, it better be how it works if you even want to fucking show. Because I won't show up. And he's just like, well, this is, this is bullshit, but fine. You can have 100% of the cut. And he's like, all right, yeah, cool. I fucking better. So this lines back up with the beginning of the show because this last, this last trick that he's doing is the coffin drop. So now he's in the coffin and he's just like, ah, yeah, well, here it goes. It's so good that I'm about to get all this money and then I'm going to have one life left. But, you know, it's pretty bad. I feel pretty sad about that cat that had to die to give me his gland to give me nine lives. And then it dawns on him. He's just like, wait a minute. If the cat died to give me nine lives, but one of his deaths was already used on dying to get me the gland, <gasps> I only have eight lives! I have a total of eight lives! No! How could karma do this to me? So, it turns out, he only has eight lives, and he's buried himself alive on his last usable life, his actual one. And so, yeah, he just he just gets buried alive. He's just he's just kicking and screaming, trying to get out of there. And no one's going to hear him. I mean, two janitors do show up to to the area where he's buried in and they do hear something, but they brush it off as a cat and just leave <laughs> They're They're just like, ah, it's nothing. And then it turns out that I guess it actually was a cat because, like, a cat just kind of, like, falls from off screen. Like, it looks, yeah, it, people are like, oh, the cat, like, jumped over there. No, you can see this fucking, a wide shot of this area. There's nothing for this cat to jump off of. This cat just, like, fell off of the roof or some shit, if that's what you're trying to say. But it's a little black cat. It goes over to the grave. He's screaming and and dying in there. The candle goes out with his last breath, and you just hear, 
as he dies. And then the the last shot is just a cat sitting on his grave with some roses next to him and a big sign that says Ulrich. So that was his that was his story's end. And the Crypt Keeper shows back up. He's petting another black cat. I, it's probably the same black cat from from the uh, from the episode. He probably just like went straight from the grave and just like walked right behind this carnival to where the Crypt Keeper's big ass house is, because that's that's probably how this all connects. But he's uh, yeah, he's he's petting this cat and he chews it away because he's an asshole. And then he makes some more puns. Look, I'm not about to record every fucking pun that he makes, but it's something about game shows. He he makes a he's like, oh, like, uh, uh, Ulfric died for money, and dying for money would be a pretty good game show. They'd probably put it between like Wheel of Misfortune and the Newly Dead game. <laughs> so clever. Uh. <laughs> Now look, I'm I'm mad at the I'm mad at the Crypt Keeper and his fucking puns, not at the writers for coming up with good puns. So that's the end of Tales of the Crypt episode three. Dig that cat, he's real gone, and yep, he's fucking gone. So real quick, I want to do comic versus the show. Uh, I mean the the show we don't have too much. That's I mean, it's it's all right. It's completely different. I'll I'll just say that it is completely different. But it's it's like not super. It's all basically like the same shit. You'll see. You'll understand. So the first thing that the the similarity between them is that no names are changed. It's still Ulrich the Undying and uh, Doctor Manfred. In the beginning, there's like an actual narrator, but the it it switches to Ulrich telling his story of immortality. Uh, but the, one of the first things that he mentions is that he's on his last life. He's, uh, it, it kind of becomes like, uh, it's kind of like, uh, not really like a mystery, but his, you, you kind of think that like, oh, like this dude is just like doing this. You don't really like understand that he's on, he's using up his last life in the very beginning, but in the comic, they're just like, oh, yep, I'm, I'm Ulrich the Undying, and this is my last life. How's it going? Uh, in the comic, Manfred shoots him in the chest instead of his face, uh, and Manfred is actually the one, doc, the doctor is actually the guy who calls him Ulrich the Undying. He doesn't get that name from the carnival, which, with that name, I can understand why you put him in the carnival setting so that he could get that name. But uh, instead of going to the circus, they're going around doing like weird like stunts and feats and stuff. So let me just go over his deaths in the comics. So his first death, well, his second death. His second death is uh, he goes over Niagara Falls in a barrel. Uh, he jumps from a plane and just lands and just dies. Uh, he, he goes, so he, he still kills the doctor in the same way. He still like double crosses the doctor and goes into the car crash. But the difference in the comic is the doctor is like, he, he says that the doctor smiles at him right before he dies and it like really freaks him out. The next one after that, number six is he gets tied up in a bag and thrown into the river and drowns and, uh... That's when he that's when he kind of figures out like oh like I need someone to take care of my body. 
So instead of Coralie helping him out, he hires an attendant. He hires a dude named Saxton who immediately betrays him. Immediately betrays him. Because uh, the, 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 next, the next thing, Death 7, he gets put into the electric chair, which is kind of like the electric one that he did in the show. And then after that one, he gets paid. And then Saxton is just like, give me that money. And he just stabs the shit out of him. So he, he basically takes over for Coraline's part. So that's seven lives. And uh, he's on he's on his final one. So he's just like, oh, well, this next one, like, I got to I got to make it big. Like, I got to I got to do it up. And uh, so he he buries himself in the coffin. He, he does the whole coffin trick. And then he also realizes that uh, he only has eight lives because the cat died and stuff. But the extra added wrinkle in the comic is that he's just like, oh, shit. Like, the doctor knew that I only had eight lives. That's why he laughed at me while I killed him. No, I've I've been so blind, my hubris. So, you know, that's how it goes. So that is the differences between the comic and the show. And real quick... I want to go over Shriek of the Week. And I know that I told you, I already spoiled it last week. This week's Shriek of the Week is Dr. Sleep. I mean, it would be if I had actually been able to take the time to watch it this week. Yeah, I, I still haven't gotten around to going to see it. Look, I, I, I've got, I got work and I got obligations and stuff. And I can't, I can't just go see movies all the time. It's not a tax write-off for me. Until, until, uh, Master of Scaramonies LLC takes off the ground, I can't, I can't be, like, writing off movie tickets as research tax write-offs, so it's gonna take me a second. So, instead of that, uh, this week's Shriek of the Week is, uh, uh, you know what, you know what, this week, I've been playing, uh, I've been playing Death Stranding, so this week's Shriek of the Week is the fucking BTs from Death Stranding, because fuck those guys. Fuck them and their stupid invisible handprint bullshit, and they're, and they're pulling me into some weird inky nether void and all that shit. I hate them. I hate them. So, uh, play Death Stranding. There's, there's a, a lot of walking to it, but you know what? You, once you get into the rhythm of it, you might really like it. It's not a horror game necessarily. I mean, there's there's some things, but you know what? It's it's still it's still pretty fun. I love you, Kojima. All right, everybody, that is my time, and uh, I, I I really need to sign off for this. But you know what? Who who cares? I'll I'll come up with some something sometime. If you want to catch up with me, I am on Twitch. Yes, I play a bunch of video games and I talk a bunch of shit just like on here. And that is at twitch.tv slash cjdemoka. You can also find me on all my socials at that cjdemoka. And uh, pretty soon, hey, look, if you reach out and you talk to me or anything like that, uh, I might put on some like viewer questions or something onto the show. So who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Stay spooky, kitties.